The biggest Apple event of the year is a week away. So in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we're going to preview what's in store at WWDC. Operating system updates, Apple Watch enhancements, new Macs, a new way to see reality, and more on the show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. On Monday, June 5th, Apple's WWDC starts, and on this show, we're providing an overview of what could happen during the keynote presentation. We're going to break it down based on platform, and there's a lot to cover, so let's get started. All the rumors point to Apple launching a new platform, this one based on a mixed reality headset. Wow, we're just going to dive right into the big one, huh? We're just yeah. diving right into <laughs> it. Start with the, the no, no appetizers for us. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we all expect this announcement to be the one more thing announcement. So yeah, maybe. Come I mean, they, they did that with Apple Watch. Um Geez, how many years ago? Seven years ago now? They kind of reserved that Steve Jobs one more thing. Generally, there's been some clunkers, but usually it's like it's it's a it's a major announcement. So yeah, we'd think if it's not a one more thing, I would bet any amount of money that it's at least going to be the last thing they announce. So entering in the whole mixed reality thing, it's this is the first new platform thing they've done since the Apple Watch, and it's a lot more than the Apple Watch. Like the Apple Watch was an accessory. For your iPhone, it's a few hundred dollars. It it, it is a new platform, new op, new development, and all that other stuff. But it it was nothing like this. This is almost like a, a new pillar, like the Mac, <laughs> the iPhone, and iPad. Like this is a whole new thing uh, that's going to require completely different everything. So we're going to get a look at the operating system, how you'll interact with it, how some of the apps will work and look. Probably a lot on how developers will develop for it because this is a developers conference after all. And that's one reason they're announcing it because they need developers to start making things for it before they can sell it. And, and we'll hear probably some specs, but you, you know how Apple doesn't like to divulge a lot of specs for a lot of things, but we probably will not get a firm release date or price. We'll probably get something like this fall. Or whatever, and then a, a later event will give us the actual retail price and for sale October fifteenth or whatever, right? Yeah, when they when they announced the Apple Watch, um, it was somewhat similar. They previewed the the device, what it does. That was at the iPhone event in twenty fourteen, and it didn't ship until the following spring. And they said shipping in spring twenty twenty uh, twenty three three uh, spring twenty uh, fifteen, but they did announce the price at that time. So it's possible that they say it's now starts at twenty nine ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine or whatever it's going to be. We're expecting it to be very expensive. From what we hear, it's extraordinarily cutting edge. The Quest Three headset is going to look like a toy compared. Yeah, to what this is not is. a Quest Pro or a Valve Index with like Apple's or, or PSVR two with like Apple logo on it. This is beyond. So expect and it has Apple's logo on it. So expect it <laughs> expect it to be real expensive. For, for example, uh, Ross Young, display supply chain consultants, uh, is pretty tapped into the supply chain on the display side. Tweeted that it's going to have a 1.4 inch diagonal micro OLED display, 4,000 pixels per inch 
5,000 nits of brightness, which is roughly 4K per eye. I mean, that's just like blow away specs for any device. And that's just the display. That's that's the least of this thing. The display obviously is important because that's what you're looking at. But the, the lenses, the chip, uh, wearability, like there's so much that goes into this thing. Yeah, that's the the sensors, like a dozen cameras and and depth sensors and internal sensors to scan your eyes and all kinds. Of, it's crazy. If if half of what was rumored are true, this is just next level stuff. There's cutting edge, and then there's this. <laughs> like it's 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 it's, it's, it's very, not science fiction. It's not like anything here is like oh nobody could do this. It's just like boy they they went high end, didn't they? Considering that it's going to be high end, it's probably not going to be a product. For everybody. Not really for anybody. For what we <laughs> <hear>. <laughs> the rumors for I, I, I don't know who it's for, to be honest. They'll they'll sell this, but they expect it to be low volume. And then it will be followed in 2025 because it's going to come either so late this year or even early next year that this is the 2024 version. And then it will be followed in 2025 by two headsets, a follow-on high-end one and a new, more affordable one. And more affordable could mean a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars, right? Like, it's n- not three ninety nine. <laughs> Don't expect this thing to be three ninety nine anytime soon. And that's when they expect the volume to to go up. So it's it's really for super enthusiasts, and it's it's going to be a flex. It's going to be one of those things where you see people wearing them in public as a way to be like, look how. Rich I am, and I got a thing, but but it's definitely also going to be hard to get. I don't know how many they're going to manufacture, but there will definitely be a waiting list, no matter what the price is for this thing. And it's for developers; they're, they're, it's for building the OS, figuring out what people like and how it works, refining that for the next update to it, uh, and getting all those third-party apps rolling. The biggest thing is showing all of us that this is a viable platform. VR right now is limited to mainly games. AR is barely a thing. And it's certainly not a thing that regular people understand. Like people everybody knows what an iPhone is, what an Apple Watch is, what a Mac is. Like this is this is something that we're going to be doing in 5 years. Everyone's going to be strapping on either glasses or goggles or whatever they look like then. And this is what's going to happen. And it's a it's a tough sell. Even if you're not literally trying to sell or or move devices. That's still a sales pitch at WWDC and a, and a real important one. People have seen VR headsets. They're on PlayStations and stuff, for God's sake. So, they, they understand its value as a toy, as a, as a cool thing that you do for a certain amount of time for entertainment. Apple's got a big uh, hill to climb to convince people that doing other stuff in it has value over just doing it on your Mac or your iPad or whatever, right? Like this is this is the way you want to experience some of these other things. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that Apple does have a long-term view on this. They don't expect to sell a lot of units at first, maybe even for the first five, maybe even longer than that. The rumors is that it's uh, well under a million in the first year is, you know, their internal estimates, which are probably low-balling that you generally do. And some reports say that like there will be like they'll they'll stock one per Apple Store maybe like some won't have them at all. So it's going to be kind of like that solid gold Apple Watch. Like you're going to have to go to the ends of the earth to get one if you really want one. My expectation is we're going to be blown away at first, 
because this is the kind of thing that's super exciting to experience for a short period of time. Then over time, are we going to start to think, well, yeah, that looks really cool and really awesome, but why do I want to check my weather that way or whatever it is? Why do I want to experience this thing that way rather than looking at my phone or my Mac or my whatever? And so hopefully they'll have good reasons for that. Things, things like the proposed rumored FaceTime update that basically makes a hologram of the other person for you to look at in your room <laughs> or in a virtual meeting room or something. That's a great example of you can't just do that on a screen. That's not like looking at a screen. <laughs> That's substantially different and better. And so they've got to do that across the experience. And it's going to be really fascinating to see what they do. So the platform that this mixed reality headset will possibly take over is the iPhone iOS platform. How's that for a segue? I was trying to say (laughs) (laughs) iOS is probably for the past few WWDCs. It's been the product that has the spotlight because it's Apple's most popular platform. That usually goes first when we're talking about like the hierarchy of of releases. They generally jump into iOS because that's the one everyone – it it impacts the most people. We could see some updates. I'm not sure if I want to call them major or not. There have been reports that Apple is going to release updates that are essentially, as has been put, features that people have been asking for for a long time. So that sort of implies that there are no major features, but that doesn't, but when you say that, that kind of makes it sound like this update could be a letdown, but I don't think that's true at all. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. People throw around the word major. Major means like, like the lock screen was a major change. It's, it's, it completely changed the way we use the app library on our phones. The, the app library, right? Was Which let you, change. for the first time ever, take apps off your screens, off your main screens, hide apps. When they say major, they mean like architecturally significantly changed, but simple feature changes are major to, to people. Now, there, there's some there's some interesting things out there. Um, one, one from last week got my attention. So, uh, Bloomberg's Mark Grumman says that there'll be a mode in iOS 17 that when you dock it, presumably MagSafe, and flip it, to a horizontal, you know, the horizontal screen, it's going to turn into like a like a smart display of sorts. The the interface will change, and that that's kind of a like an annoyance for me. So, I, like everyone else in the world, I have a, a a stand on my on my nightstand right next to it, and if I'm tired and I flip it the wrong friggin' way, like I can't like I gotta turn my head when I wake up. Like I like it's it's sideways because it just shows me the the always on display. If it if it happens if if I wake up if I wake up before it's off because of bedtime mode, but you know like it's it's very rudimentary how Apple handles that stuff. And if I can dock it and it turns into its own little display that gives me the, the things that I need when I wake up, like that's that's awesome. If I can dock it in my kitchen and get like recipes and updates, and, like that's a a major feature that I would use and would change the way I use my iPhone on a a regular basis. German actually said, was was interesting to me, that it doesn't actually say it's got to be docked. Just Okay. It's it's the always-on lock screen when your phone is turned horizontal, so basically only the new iPhones that have an always-on display. 
when it's turned horizontal, instead of getting the current time in widgets in the big picture, you'll get something that's more like the home screen widgets for like your weather and calendar and stuff like that. It'll, it'll display more stuff. I think that's awesome. And it's awesome for iPhone. It's iPad there. I want that on <laughs> because that's where I want to see that kind of information. So that'll, that'll come next year. You realize? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That iPad will just be a year behind on that. That's, yeah. that's all iPad OS is. Uh, iPad OS is last year's iOS. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways uh, we probably see more implementation of dynamic island mm-hmm. yeah. probably see changes to control center uh, there have been rumors of health app UI changes I, that, that's actually a, a fairly big one which we'll get into when they when we get into watch OS but there the health app is kind of terrible at the moment like I rarely even use it. And if they're like they're uh, the the rumors are that they're going to use like little charts and, and little cards to make it way more visual. Like when you open it up, you can glance at it and then close it. And then those cards would come over to Apple Watch as well, which you know that 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 would be a, a pretty fundamental change to that and make it way more friendly and way more way more usable. Uh, there could be also more lock screen stuff that, in addition to what Mike covered, like like lyrics. Apple Music lyrics on the home screen, on the lock screen, and things like that. So, I'm sure there'll be notification changes. I'm sure there'll be something with Spotlight, like they do that stuff every year. Uh, the Control Center has been a uh, uh, Roman just mentioned it, but they've that's been that's popped up in rumors steadily, and I'm hoping that that includes customization or more customization because right now it's very static. Like you can do a couple of things, but uh, like if you compare it to something like Android, Android lets you ch- lets you take out the settings that you don't want. Like even something like Wi-Fi, like you can customize it the exact way you want it. Because I don't need Wi-Fi every day. It's just old. Like it's it hasn't changed in a long time. iOS seven, I think, was was when they introduced it. Yeah, and it hasn't fundamentally changed its look or operation since then. So it's probably time. We talked about iPad OS. And how it's always a year behind iOS. So does that mean you think we're not going to see much at WWDC about iPadOS? I don't think there's a single rumor that I can point to. Of like, I'm assuming we're getting the lock screen from iOS 16. I would, I would assume because they didn't bring that to the iPad last year. So are we getting the same lock screen widgets? The widgets and the and the customization. I would assume. Yeah, there have hasn't been a lot of rumors about iPad. No, there there usually aren't. Like for example, Stage Manager was a big surprise last year. Like we didn't. I th- I think we can probably expect Stage Manager improvements because it's it's been not received well. So for both iOS and iPadOS, do you think there will be any mention at all of third party app stores? There have been rumors that Apple needs to comply with the EU's regulation on that. We all kind of think that there won't be any mention and that we'll maybe we'll see it in a slide of the other features or something like that, if that. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it's like a major talking point, particularly since all reports say it's just coming to 
the EU and it won't be a, it won't be the US or any other region. We might see it on that. They always have a page on their website with like all the features and it's like a big detailed list of text of all the features. It's possible it will be there, maybe not even, but it wouldn't surprise me if Apple kind of sniped at it during their thing without mentioning it by saying something like saying something about the App Store and how it's the most trusted and safe place, blah, blah, blah. Never mentioning any other way to get apps. Driving home, the App Store is the best. We've been hearing a lot recently about Watch OS, how it could actually be a dramatic change coming. I'm loving what I hear. That grid of like hexagonal grid of bubbles would be gone in favor of something else. Uh, some some people have said folders and other people have said, no, not folders, but it, there will be a more manageable grid of like icons. Um, but they're kind of bringing back the cards slash making it work like the Siri watch face or something where it's going to surface information from within apps at a glance. So you don't have to dive into apps all the time. Uh, and that's really the way the watch needs to work. I think, I think one of the reasons we've talked about this before is that apps are kind of growing less popular on the watch is that the built in Apple stuff does all the things Apple wants a watch to do. And nobody wants to fool around trying to interface with an app on that tiny little screen. So they don't go into apps. If you can't see it some other way, pulling information up out of the apps into a visible display on your watch face without you having to dive into apps be huge. Yeah, they had something like this when the Apple Watch launched called Glances. They quickly got rid of it. It was, I think Watch OS 3 got rid of it in favor of, so that was when apps became native on the watch. So, Glances were like a stopgap because the first couple Apple Watches, apps were very slow and barely usable because they ran on the on the phone and pushed it to the watch. Once the watch got independence, apps were the thing. And it's been that way for for several generations, all, all of them. And I agree with Jason. Like, I, I never, when I wear my Apple Watch, which admittedly isn't every day, but I never open an app. Like, this just doesn't happen. I get notifications. I look at the time and the, and whatever's on my face. And that's it. Like, I do not go in an app. The only apps I ever go into are Apple's. I go into the workout app when I would go to the gym to start my workout. <laughs> like... Yeah, I have no reason to go into other apps and I'm annoyed if I have to. Right. No, I agree. And it's, it's so it sounds like watchOS 10 will be something of like a mea culpa in saying like, you know, we know there's a lot of great things about the Apple Watch, but it, it's, it's fundamentally backwards. And they're basically going to say like, this is the, and I think if they get it right, it's going to be fantastic. From what I hear is that architecturally, it's going to be very similar to making the widgets, the home screen widgets from iPhone sized and shaped for Apple Watch and stuff like that, but it's going to work like that. And it's probably going to have a lot of similarities in terms of the developer frameworks. Think of them like your iPhone's home screen widgets only made for Apple Watch. And probably the same technology, you know how you have the smart stack, we can stack a bunch of widgets in one place. It just uses your device intelligence to say, which one do you want to see? Should, should you see right now? If you have a calendar and thing coming up, it'll swap to your calendar one or whatever, you know, depending on how you use your watch and what your location is and the day of the week and the time. And I I would be shocked if essentially that's exactly what we get on the watch. It's basically a smart stack. 
Uh, and they have something similar with that Siri face. It's not that's not dissimilar to what this is, this would be. So I was just kind of wondering, kind of going off a tangent a little bit. So do you think Apple will show some interoperability between the Apple Watch and the new headset? And we'll toss an AirPods in there too because they're all wearables. I bet AirPods yes, and Watch no. I I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean I think that it will. Everything obviously will interoperate well together and and almost and be encouraged. But I agree. I don't think I think it's gonna they're gonna keep it very simple when it comes to the headset. AirPods is just you know like it's audio, so that's a different that's a different thing than the watch. But I don't think they're gonna get into like super technical like if you have this device, this feature works and this can interact with this. Like I think they're gonna say this is the headset. It has audio. If you want better audio, you can hook it up with a pair of iPods, uh, iPods, AirPods, and you know, here's all the stuff it does. We haven't heard anything like it's going to do something if you have an Apple Watch. Like when you look at your Apple Watch, it does this or, you know, and I don't think that necessarily is going to be part of Gen 1. I think we're just going to see the interoperability of, well, look, all your stuff is cloud synced, right? So. It has the health app where it brings in health stuff from your thing. It is expected to be kind of a fitness device. So it would not surprise me. And it's supposed to have like Apple fitness, with like special VR or AR fitness routine workouts. So that would be the watch integration. Like if you're wearing your Apple watch, when you do your workout, you get your heart rate just like you do on the Apple TV, you know. We also have. The Mac, Apple's oldest platform. We're going to have a brand new platform and Apple's oldest platform. Um, and since it's Apple's oldest platform, we're probably not going to see a whole lot in terms of Mac OS. There haven't been a lot of rumors about what we're going to see. It's sort of similar to what we've heard about iOS, but maybe even less so. But we have heard rumors of new hardware, new Mac hardware coming out at WWDC, more specifically a 15-inch MacBook Air. That would be surprising if we didn't get it. There's so many rumors in this. It's been it's been rumored to be coming out next week for like the last four months. So it would be shocking if we didn't get that. Uh, we're also expected to maybe get an update to the Mac Studio with M2 Pro Max and Ultra. We'll get an M2 Ultra and Pro Max and Ultra. Mark Gurman just tweeted – yesterday maybe sunday i don't remember but he said that so on june 5th oddly enough or maybe not uh trade-ins for the mac studio which are unavailable right now as well as the 13 inch m2 macbook pro and macbook air are going to start on june 5th now that would seem to indicate that there will be a reason why those people or people who own those machines would want to trade it in and get a new one so that would also mean we get the M2 Ultra processor, which we which we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and it could be Mac Studio, or it could just be Mac Pro, which we also haven't seen. And uh, and Mac Studio doesn't get an update, but that would be a reason why somebody might want to trade in. They got an, a Mac Studio because it was the highest end Apple Silicon thing, and now they want a Mac Pro, right? But we we have no idea what this Mac Pro is going to be about. We haven't heard. Well, we have something like We just don't know what's true and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conflicting. How they're going to sell it. And yeah. We really don't know how expandable or upgradable it will be or not be, except that you can almost guarantee it's not going to be as much as the Intel version because Apple Silicon just doesn't work like that. And if it's not, is it still going to be $6,000? 
Like it's there's a there's a bunch of question marks there. We've heard it'll come in the same, literally the same case. We've also heard it'll come in a case that's very similar but smaller. And yet we just don't know what to believe on the Mac Pro front. We may or it may never it, it may not see it. May it. never happen. <laughs> may never. It happen. may not happen. Just quietly yeah. stop mentioning the Mac Pro and then one day take it off the website. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it could happen. It could, it have, could happen. It could happen. Yeah. That would be fun to see the people who actually use them and like, what would they do? Would they buy a Windows uh, based system? Would they switch to Mac Studio? I mean, I, it's just, it's the Mac Pro is forever fascinating. Yeah. Because it's such a high-end machine and it's so niche that, um, you know, we just wait to look at it because yeah. there's nothing. I mean, I, I mean, never with Max, one. with Max Studio, it's even more niche than it was. Uh, so there's one more operating system that we often forget about. Even Apple forgets about. That's TVOS. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm ending on this note. Our our one more thing is TVOS. <laughs> if you if you yes. made it this long. <laughs> We haven't heard anything about TVOS. We never hear anything about TVOS, period. They often go through WWDC without even mentioning it. Last, At least last year and the year before, we had to go through like the entertainment section of Apple's website to find out what was new. Oftentimes, it is sort of side-mentioned in mentioning other features. Like Apple will be talking about SharePlay and they'll demonstrate the new TVOS as a way of, you know, showing SharePlay features that are just not exclusive to TVOS. It's in other places too. And we might see something like that. We might just see something like when they're talking about some other features that go across the ecosystem, they kind of show you some TVOS. I got a notification the other day about SharePlay, like asking me if I wanted to use it. And I swear I forgot it was even a feature. I wonder how many people use that. Because um, it would have been great. That's that's like a, it was a pandemic feature that came out after the pandemic, <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know if anybody uses. I'm sure people do. Yeah. But um, I, I've never, I've never tried it. I don't even know how really how how, how well I've it never works. used it either. Anyway, that's yeah. a that's a that's a tangent. That <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, what are the odds that uh, Jason Sudeikis? comes out as Ted Lasso or something like that. Oh, was the finality this week? Yeah. Oh. So he absolutely could could show up in the video next week. There will be people in the Steve Jobs Theater watching this. It would not surprise me if the video portion of your presentation was introed by Tim Cook live on stage, you know? Or and a celebrity. And they always have a goofy thing at the f- top, right? They always have a funny little not quite skit, but something funny. So the Apple's invited both developers, contest winners, and journalists mm-hmm. to the keynote. Mm-hmm. Is sixty percent of the keynote a video, and then Steve Jobs comes? <laughs> like, what? Tim Cook. Here's comes our out. new technology. I, we revived Steve Jobs. <laughs> that would be you get virtual <laughs> Steve Jobs on your reality pro headset. Right. It's like he's there in the room with you, yelling at you to get it. Is done. that like the Kanye West hologram when he was Did at they, Coachella or whatever it was? Yeah. <laughs> Tupac. Oh, it was Tupac. That's what yeah. Tupac. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Sorry. Blasphemy. Um, 
uh, but does is like does that section end and then Tim Cook comes out and like in live in person demos the headset? I I don't think that's a very far like stretch, right? We'll see the demos. We'll see a lot of the headset stuff in a glossy video, but he wants to come out and and here it is and show it and hold it in his hands and get all the snap the pictures and stuff like that. This might be the first sort of hybrid event where the people aren't just there watching a video. There is some stage presence, but all the demos and all the whatever, that's all video. Yeah, right. The iOS, macOS, that stuff. Yeah, even most uh, of the product yeah. stuff like the new Macs and stuff. But they sure, do stand sure. on stage and go, here's a real thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, Tim Cook's a low-key guy, but he loves to soak in that adulation <laughs> during those <laughs> moments. Yeah, I, who would do the – who would be the guy to do the hardware there? It would be, normally be Phil Schiller, but he's not. He's not there anymore. I don't know who's, got, the, who's the guy. This new platform is it's it, is be. it Jaws? That guy I, for the in the video. I don't know who it's going to be, but when somebody comes out on stage and shows the real thing to people, that's got to be Cook. He doesn't usually get involved in like the nitty gritty stuff. He's like an like. Here's the stuff. That was the stuff. Like he's yeah. not usually in the middle, like Steve Jobs was. He did everything. But I think the in the middle so part I, I, is the part that's going to be a video. Okay, not an on stage okay. live demo. It's been reported, I think, mostly by uh, Mark Gurman that Tim Cook has been the been pushing the headset, pushing the development. Yeah, yeah well, that's not a surprise. And for various reasons, some people think it's a legacy thing for him for his own legacy at the company, whatever the reasons are, he has a personal, personal, he has a business stake, a professional stake in this, in the success of this headset. Yeah. It's like, it's Tim Cook's product, right? Like ignore the fact that he's, he brought us Apple watch and he brought us AirPods and he brought it like, this is the, in the history of Apple, when the history of Apple is written, <laughs> or updated or whatever, it's going to be like the, the headset and its success or failure is going to be like Tim Cook's product, right? The Tim Cook era thing. And I, you can argue that this is his first like risky venture. The Apple Watch wasn't a risk. That was that was obviously going to succeed. Even if it wouldn't, uh, there was not as much money on the table is this that the well yeah that that too, the time yeah. and cost to develop this thing has been huge he's been selling or rather talking up ar for a while and like, he's gonna retire clearly. long before a car ever comes out at this yeah, point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apple cars coming in 2040 we're gonna have two other ceos by then any other predictions or expectations for the keynote I think it's going to be about four and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm nine saying minutes. two hours. I think it might be, <laughs> might be two two yeah. hours plus. Yeah, they're going to blaze through some of this stuff. Like, yeah, they're going to have to, and then a whole half hour for the VR headset. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode eight hundred and forty-three. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. 
If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. <laughs>